if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to invite you to go into the Old Testament, second book of Samuel. And we have been uh, teaching a series of uh, Bible studies or a series of messages based on the fruit of the Spirit. The kids from the camp know this as the words to live by, remember? The words to live by. And we did the string of all the beautiful words to live by. Love and kindness, peace and joy and, and, and faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, um, self-control against which there is no law, says Scripture. So we've been talking about those words that can transform our lives. Um, and, and today we're going to talk about kindness. And it's a little, uh, uh, oh, Lincoln, how you doing, buddy? Great to see you. And, oh, I, I didn't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> I guess I did. But uh, today uh, we're going to talk about kindness. <laughs> he just got in. <laughs> That's okay. They're from the family. Actually, that was the lady that prepared the strawberries, Mrs. Williams. They were delicious. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so kindness is our theme for today. And, and we do know that these attributes that are produced in our lives is because we open ourselves to God in our lives. We expose ourselves to God's stuff in our lives. God's stuff being prayer, God's stuff being scripture, God's stuff being service and a deeper, significant biblical discipleship. Those things open our hearts to God. As we go driving, are you listening to the right stuff? so that God can bless you and speak to you in some special manner? As you are home, are you listening and reading to the right stuff so that God can speak to you at the right time with the right word? Where are you listening things from? Who is feeding in your computer, or somebody would ask? Who is putting the input in your computer? And what kind of input are you putting in? So as we live our lives around God and in God being involved in every aspect of our lives, these attributes of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, peace, love, joy, they will be produced in us. This is not something that we have to fight for or strive for because that's human. These are spiritual qualities that are birthed in us as we relate and have our life around God and the triune God. Given that introduction, I want to then go to two stories in the Bible, two stories that are fascinating because they actually address directly the idea of kindness, the idea of what kindness is in relation to Scripture. You see, I have to tell you that kindness is not the same thing as being nice. Do you get that? Kindness is not the same as being nice. We are being nice. We behave in nice ways because we perhaps were educated in that way. Perhaps we don't want to be hurt so we are nice to others so that they don't hurt us due to fear. But being nice is not the same thing as kindness. And, and, and really, you don't have to be kind, so why bother? But let's read in Scripture, in the second book of Samuel, the story which took place in verse 9. David already being the king, David already enjoying the fruit of his kingdom, David already putting down his enemies, now he is at home in the palace. And this is where we catch him in his story. 
One day David asked, Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man called Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked him, If anyone's still alive from Saul's family, if so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is actually still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? the king asked. Oh, in Lodibar, Ziba told him, at the home of Machir, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Machir's home. His name was Mephiboseth. Mephiboseth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your Lord's servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Word of the Lord. In the New Testament, we then encounter Jesus actually uh, showing some kindness. And in, in, in the whole story, you will see how selfishness of others and how the judging of others uh, and self-righteousness of others don't even bother Jesus so that Jesus could be kind to others. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. Listen to this. It seemed that this man showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. They were stalking Jesus. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside the house, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the men, Young men, your sins are forgiven, but the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, 
quick, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, everyone watched. The man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripping, was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. The Gospel of the Lord. In both stories, both stories, you see the concept of, of, of kindness being illustrated. In the first story, David, who has just won the kingdom of Israel, if you remember throughout history, many kings, whenever they came to power, they always made sure that whoever was inheritor of the previous king was what? Wiped out. Because that was the custom, that was the tradition, that was the way of perpetuating your kingdom, eliminating any and every threat around. And so it was with some of the kings of Israel. In this particular case, David is already enjoying the blessing of the kingdom. He is the king of Israel. He has the favor of all the, of all the priests and of all the people of Israel. But he has had to make sure that his enemies are taken care of and that his kingdom will last for a long time. So he calls then, uh, uh, is there anyone alive from uh, Saul's? And, and I'm sure when somebody heard that question, he said, uh-oh, here we go again, sharpen up the knives. Is there anyone alive in the house of Saul? However, David had a very uh, healthy and, 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 and a very wealthy relationship with Jonathan, his friend, his very intimate friend. And they had promised each other they would take care of each other's descendants. Jonathan was assassinated after, during the whole plot of taking over the kingdom, and all the family ran away. In running away from the palace of Saul, one of the mothers took this one kid, Mesopheth, Meso, we're calling Meso, took Meso and running with the kid, running away from the swords and the spears, dropped the kid while he was five years old and picked him up and ran. But the kid's legs were broken in the hurriness. The kid's legs were fractured in the hurriness of running for their lives. And obviously they could not in any way, shape or form take care of that. So Meso, that kid, was crippling both legs. Now, being crippled in both legs was also a strike against you in that society. Not only were you a descendant of a king who now had the disfavor of the current king, so your life was at risk, but now you also are crippled and cripples in the people of, in the Jewish law, you were kind of put aside. You were rejected. You were not able to produce and be a productive member of society. So therefore, you were rejected. You were put aside with all sorts of other people that could not function regularly in society. Mephibosheth was blessed because he was from a royal family and maybe they had something left. And he was not sent out, but obviously he was not out in society. So they had two strikes against them. And David... And David decides, is there anyone in Jonathan's household? And for Jonathan's sake, is there anyone that I could show kindness to? Is there anyone that I can show not only human kindness, but he wanted to show the kindness 
that comes from God. And Ziba told him, yes, there is Mephibosheth. He's over there. He's crippled in both legs. He's useless. He's running away from you. He's totally scared. And I wonder if, if, if David had a smile when he heard that horrible emotional state because he had an intention and he was from God. And so he went and he sent soldiers over to the house of Mephibosheth. And, and what do you think the family of Mephibosheth thought when they saw soldiers? <gasps> they found us. We're gone. That's it. And instead of what was right, instead of what was right according to the ages and the politics and the governments of the days, instead of what was right according to the customs of the era and the kingdom's ways, David chooses to show God's kindness to not only Mephibosheth, but to the entire family, the descendants of even that one who wanted to kill him, Saul. And in showing kindness, he went ahead and, and told him, hey, everything that was taken away from your grandfather is going to be restored and you get to eat every day at the king's table. Wow. From hiding, scared, fearing for his life, the one whom he was scared of was now opening the doors of forgiveness, opening the doors of mercy, opening doors of kindness and grace and allowing that person to not only have what they used to have but to be restored and enjoy eating at the king's table both stories illustrate kindness both stories demonstrate the character of what kindness is made out of both stories are told for us for us to follow the lessons. In the second story, we find Jesus. Jesus, who already has become rather famous because of his healing ministry. The text actually tells us that the healing power of the Lord was heavy on him. Amazing. The healing power of the Lord was heavy on Jesus, meaning that he had that power, and he was aware of it. If you look in the verses before and the verses afterwards, Jesus is in a running through, through Nazareth and those villages, and he's healing, he's liberating people, he's restoring sight, he's having people get up and walk, he's calling sinners to repentance, like Levi, Matthew, the tax collector. All that is happening in those chapters. And suddenly he's in a house, where everybody has bunched around the house because he is a healer. He is bringing health back to people. He is doing something amazing. And who, which one of us who have ailments don't want to get well? We all do. So they heard Jesus is there in the house healing. And they all packed the whole village. May have packed the whole house around it. Nobody could get through. But this guy and his friends, his friends are amazing. His friends went ahead and said, we'll figure this out. Oh, you can't get to the house? The people won't let us go in because they were all shoulder to shoulder. And heck no, I was here first. Isn't that what we would say? I was here first. I have my rights. You know how I like that when in church. I got my rights, yeah, to die. <laughs> Once and then to be judged. <laughs> That's my opinion of that one. Okay. But there he was, and his friends decided, we'll make a way. And, and they did the weirdest thing. They climbed to the roof of the house. 
They climbed through. They couldn't get through the windows. They couldn't get through the doors. So they climbed through the roof of the house. They figured out a way. It was not the, it was not the traditional way to go into a house, was it? It was kind of destructive. They removed some tiles from the roof. What's all this about? They're tearing up my house? Jesus, get out of here. Insurance won't cover this one. Find it in the small little print. Jesus in your house. Problem. <laughs> Not covered by insurance. So he's tearing up the, they're tearing up the roof. They lowered the body, the person laying down. And, and just think of it. You're Jesus and suddenly hay and clay begins to fall upon you. Surely just think of it. And suddenly this mat begins to get lowered. Probably lopsided. Probably they have to hold it. Oh, hold it, hold it. That kind of comments were going on. Slower, from the left more, from the right more. This is what's going on in there. What is Jesus doing? Jesus standing around what? He's surprised. He's seeing the faith of his friends. He's seeing the faith of this man. They wouldn't give up. They're in search of God's mercy. They're in search of God's kindness. And they won't give up. And suddenly God says, oh, your sins are forgiven. But remember how the story begins. We got some people lurking. We got the lurkers. Yeah, those are the Pharisees and religious people of the law. They know it all. They had it all figured out. Yeah, right, like I do. Mm -hmm. And they were gawking. Who is he to forgive? And Jesus, who loves to make, to take lives. Jesus loves to take lives who think that are right side up and turn them inside out. Have you noticed that? That Jesus just loves to take lives of people who think that they have it all together and turn it all upside down. Oh, Tony's saying, yeah. We've lived through that. And Jesus told his haters, what's easier, to forgive or to heal? You know, for God, both are the same. Because healing and forgiving is the same for God. It is grace poured out of God's mercy. It is power poured out of God's grace based on the essence of God's love for you and for me. So whether God or, or whether Jesus forgave sins or whether Jesus healed, he just wanted to wreck and shake some gates. So he turned and the word says, immediately, Anne, immediately, get up, walk, take your mat and go home. And the guy got up praising the Lord. I can walk. I, I can actually walk out the door. Don't have to go up. I, I wonder if there were some claims made. Because now that the guy can walk, it could probably work. <laughs> it comes with healing. Back into life. Back into the good things of life. So, so both stories, I repeat, both stories, the one we just read from David and the one where Jesus was involved, both they illustrate kindness. Both they illustrate the character of kindness. And both are lessons for us to follow in terms of kindness. You see, kindness is not being nice. Kindness requires you and I to spend some time this week uh, Monday and Tuesday, I was expecting for the people from my apartment to come and clean the rugs. Well, they told me the 21st. I know my calendar because on the 20th, I was here preaching. So I know the 21st is a Monday. 
And that's what I had in my calendar, but he had the 22nd. So I moved everything from the floors in my apartment Sunday night and spent all Monday waiting for them and half of Tuesday. I had my rights to tell that guy a whole bunch of stuff. I was inconvenienced. And I had to sleep in the visitor's room with four mattresses and all the furniture in there, along with my dog. She was so confused. And when I am tired on Tuesday waiting for the guy to come and do the rugs, I decide to order a lunch at 1 o'clock on Tuesday online from Steak and Shake. You can order online now from Steak and Shake. Forget about the long line. Just go in and the bag is ready with your name. You just walk in and walk out. You can do that. That was Steak and Shake. So I tested it and it worked. It worked wonderfully. But as I'm leaving the house, the guy came with all the equipment. Now do I go pick up my lunch? Or do I stay and watch him and look at him mean for making me wait for all these days? Well, hunger wins with Edwin. So I left the door open, him in the house with all my jewelry, the one, <laughs> the one, most my documents. You know, when you live in Miami, you fear for your documents, <laughs> your passport and things like that. And I just went to Steak and Shake. Well, I was there. I realized, oh, my God, I have left my house open to this stranger. And I just walked out and left it. So, counterintuitively, I decided to buy him a $10 gift card. You don't do that to somebody who's not been right. But I think the Spirit of God was working in me, guys, because you just don't do that to somebody who's done you wrong. Well, instead of being nasty at him, I went and bought him a $10 gift card. And and when I got to the apartment, I thought he was still going to be there, still struggling. He had finished. What? I'm questioning our quality. But that didn't even matter. He told me, he gave me an A, by the way. He said, do you have a dog in here? Yeah, she was at the porch. Yeah, I heard her. Whatever you're doing. To keep these rugs fine, keep on doing it. I didn't even notice there was a dog in here while he was doing that. And I felt so proud. I, I put it in my pocket. And I said, well, this is for you. <laughs> and this is the receipt because, you know, you put it in in case the thing didn't go through. And, and then he looked at me and says, oh, thank you so much. Today, my kids, this afternoon, my kids come back from spending summer with their grandparents in Michigan. And I will be able to take them to have their favorite, a milkshake, a steak and shake. (laughs) Isn't that nice? No, that wasn't nice. That was kindness. You know why? Because that kind of kindness, first of all, is a gift from God. We get it. We receive it. But is it to keep it for ourselves? It's to pass it on, right? But then this kind of kindness is, is, is kind of costly and sacrificial. Well, first of all, it cost me $10. But I think the most expensive part was to forgive him. Right, Nate? To kind of forgive him and forget that he was a day and a half late? Forget that. The carpets are done. Oh, I now have to move the furniture back in its place. It's still in the process. I'm kind of enjoying the empty spaces. <laughs> Somebody came yesterday to offer to help, and I said, not yet. 
I like the empty space. But it's costly. Kindness and difference than niceness is costly. Kindness will always cost you a little bit more. Kindness may be even sacrificial. Kindness has a price. Niceness does not necessarily. And lastly, it is offered to all because all are holy to God. We don't pick and choose who we're going to be kind to. Oh, I had my choices with this guy. I never found his name, you know. Does that matter? Maybe I would have known his name. But at the moment with the rushness of how everything happens so quick, one thing he's going to remember, he took his kids for shake. Because God provided through God's kindness and mercy a $10 gift card. No big deal. But it's always costly and it's always done for everyone. Everyone deserves because in the ultimate analysis, everyone is a creature of God. Everyone is holy. So in this coming month, in finishing, and I took long today, I apologize. In finishing today, I want to ask us for this next month, you can go online and find 5,000 random acts of kindness. I don't need to do 5,000 random acts of kindness. But I would like to encourage you, when you go home, find some acts of kindness. And practice kindness, not to the one who lives with you. You have to. (laughs) Practice kindness to the one you don't want to. It's liberating. And you know what may happen? That may develop a relationship. And this month, I will be encouraging you, all of us here at Light of Hope, to find random people and do a random act of kindness in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's do that. And then we'll finish. We have five Sundays in this coming month. On the 31st of August, which is the last Sunday, the last day of the month, we're going to have what's called an upper room meal worship service. Did you know that in the book of John... From the 12th chapter on, it's all happening as they're having a meal together. And the text says, and when they had finished their meal, he then took the cup. But before in the, in the cup, Jesus was teaching. So we're going to practice that kind of sacramental first century meal on that last day of the month. And we would like for you, if you make a connection throughout the month of a random act of kindness, for that day to bring in that person for that experience of a brunch in the upper room. It's going to be in the basement, though. <laughs> Down there. <laughs> but it will be brunch in the upper room. How about that? And every act of kindness that you share with somebody is a seed of the gospel. It's a seed of love. Because rem- remember, all of these attributes... Kindness, love, patience, joy, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They all are based and they all are the essence of love. And that is what we are about. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this hour. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for the kindness that you showed to us through Jesus Christ your Son, our Savior on the cross, who through your kindness poured 
out your grace, your kindness, your understanding, so that we can be made ambassadors of your love in our community. Lord, in our community, we have people who are hurting. We have people who are home hurting. We have others who are in the hospital. We have others who are going through long, intense treatments for cancer and other ailments. We remember those names, O God, and we lift them up to you. Remember those names, O Lord, and we lift them up to you. We also lift our own situation, our own conditions at our homes. And we ask for your peace to dwell in our homes, for your mercy to be a part of everything that is part of our house where we live. For your order to reign in our homes, in our community, in our church. We thank you, God, for your mercies. We thank you, God, for Jesus Christ, who was kindness in the flesh, who was your love in the flesh. And in whose name we pray his beautiful prayer as he taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.